Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello there, podcast listeners. You know, sorry I've disappeared for the last few weeks, but I wasn't feeling too good under the weather and uh, I needed some time to fully recover because I was losing my voice and it was just really difficult to have motivation to do anything when you're feeling under the weather. There's a lot of things that happened towards the end of the year and sadly we can't cover it all here on today's podcast, but the year ended pretty sour on Wall Street. The year ended negative, and hopefully this year, though it's only the beginning of 2023, there are multiple reports saying that this is not going to be a good year. There is also multiple reports saying that there this is going to be the recession year that's finally going to kick in, but we'll find out in time as we continue to study what's happening on Wall Street and report as much news as possible. But there are some events that we do need to be able to talk about today. First off, there has been a lot of news from Nightscope in particular, and that's the first thing we're going to be talking about in today's podcast is some events that are happening with Nightscope, both from Friday and today, which was recently announced. One has to do with more robots that are being sold and what they're planning to do to become profitable within the next 24 months as a company. Then we got some news from Elon Musk in particular. Elon Musk's company is becoming a bestseller for his Tesla vehicles. And also Elon Musk is potentially going to be going to court on a lawsuit that has been given to him from a tweet back in 2018. And what does that mean for Tesla stock going forward? And finally, we'll end today's podcast today talking about Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs has announced that they're planning to lay off people starting this week, this Wednesday in particular. And what does that mean for the company going forward at Goldman Sachs? And what does that also mean for layoffs in other companies? Because we, re- we reported a lot last year in 2022 that there was a lot of layoffs happening. And does this mean that there could be more layoffs coming in the future? So... With that being said, I have to remind you all that I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And everything I talk about this podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing, as you're not guaranteed to make money if you invest in the stock market. Please also be advised, too, that I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And I legally cannot give you financial advice in any way, shape, or form. You need to go talk to your own professional advisor before investing, as you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest in the stock market. <clears throat> but your financial advisor would know your situation a lot better than I would. Please also be advised, too, that I do have shares in Nightscope. It is a long-term position and a small position in Nightscope. But I'm a firm believer in the company. And like I said, I legally cannot give you financial advice. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. And with that, let's begin today's podcast. This was from news from Friday from Nightscope. Nightscope, towards the end of the year, was actually reporting a lot of things. And that was one thing that was frustrating when I was feeling under the weather was Nightscope kept reporting new news when Wall Street wasn't reporting a whole lot. And it would have been really fun to have reported almost all these news events, but like I said at the time, wasn't feeling well under the weather. It says here, first from last Friday, four new contracts for eight machines to kick off New Year at Nightscope. Okay, <clears throat> from Business Wire from January 6th. A leading developer of autonomous security robots kicks off the new year with four new contracts totaling eight new machines, including three K5 autonomous security robots and five K1 blue light towers. 
The announcement supports the company's commitment to growth and strengthening its revenues on the road to profitability. The new contracts encompass both new clients and current clients adding to their existing agreements with new machines in new locations. The deployment locations and use cases are as follows. Nightscope's channel partner and one of the largest security companies in the United States added another K5 ASR to the security program of one of the largest financial companies in the nations. The K5 will patrol the parking lot of of the grounds, its customer's regional corporate office in Jacksonville, Florida area with the goal of deterring thefts and other crimes and increasing the actual and perceived safety of the site employees and visitors. Another expansion comes from an American entertainment company that operates integrated entertainment, sports content, and casino gaming businesses. The client owns and operates over 40 properties in 20 states. And Nightscope will now be in three of their properties in three states. The latest contract will have a K-5 patrolling the parking lots in front of the Illinois casino to stave off car thefts, break-ins, and criminal trespassings. A residential developer commitment to the preservation, restoration, and renovation of the properties in Chicago, Kansas City, and St. Louis signed its first contract for a K-5 ASR. They will need the K-5 to patrol the parking lot of one of the, one of the many apartment complexes that houses university students at a well-known institution of higher learning. And finally, a teaching hospital that has been around for nearly 100 years has purchased five K-1 blue light towers to improve communication <coughs> and safety of their New York medical campus. Sorry for the coughs. Still having a, a little bit of a cough post being under the weather. Continuing on, it says Nightscope continues to create value for its existing and prospective clients, <coughs> which is reflected in the building sales curve over the past year. These transactions further enhance the quality and growth profile of the company by increasing portfolio exposures to higher growth, multiple sites, and users allowing long-term expansion. You know, it's interesting. Nightscope, like I said, had been reporting a lot of new contracts that they were signing towards the end of the year. And not only that, but last week in particular, they finally announced what the combined entity of both Case Emergency System and Nightscope was for the year. It was pretty impressive. They still have a long ways to go as a company, but this is where things become intriguing with Nightscope, okay? Within this quarter, this coming quarter, okay, 2023, okay? Beginning of January until March. So when they report their earnings in May, this is where they become an interesting company. The combined entity is officially this quarter. Okay. So in when they report their record, when they report their earnings in May, this quarter in particular, this will be the first time that case emergency systems and Nightscope is a combined company at this time. Okay. One of the things that stuck out on the balance sheet was case was profitable to a point to where it almost made sure that Nightscope, who currently isn't profitable as a company, where they were only down by about fourteen thousand dollars for combined company, okay? And if Nightscope continues to grow, then obviously the negative impact should go away as well. But Nightscope is continuing to grow and Wall Street continues to ignore it. In fact, CNBC doesn't even have that many articles. The last article they had, at least to my knowledge, last I checked this and the last I saw it was this morning, at least at the time they're recording this podcast was on December 6th or December 8th, where they were talking about a contract that Nightscope had signed and they didn't report any of the other contracts that Nightscopes had been signing at towards the end of the year. They didn't even announce either, at least like I said, at the time of recording this podcast, they didn't even announce when they were talking about the combined entity and what that does to their balance sheet for Nightscope and case emergency systems in one. <clears throat> but it's going to be interesting because Nightscope is now announcing this too. It says here, Nightscope announces its plan for post-case acquisition and a path to profitability, which is big news, okay? Because this is the year where people are expecting that companies need to be making money in order to be considered a good company. It says here, 
from Mountain View, California. A leading developer of autonomous security robots and emergency systems today announced its plan to path to profitability. Last month, the company committed to working to achieve profitability within 24 months, and today's announcements marks the implementation of initial actions defined in its plan to achieve this important milestone. The company recently filed its unaudited pro forma condensed com combined financial statements as of the last six months ended in June 30th of 2022, and for a year ended December 31st of 2021. As an exhibit to its current report, on Form 8K filed with the Securities and Exchange Commissions on December 28th of 2022, <coughs> which gave the effect of the acquisition of case emergency systems, consistent with the company's previous announced post-case acquisition. Target range of 12 million to 14 million analyzed revenue run rate. Had the acquisition been consumed, uh, correction, had been had the acquisition been con consummated on January 1st of 2021, the company's pro forma combined revenue would have been 6.996 million for the six months ended on June 30th of 2022, comparing favorably to the full year revenue of 3.407 reported by the company for the year ended December 31st of 2021. Nightscope continues to work to accelerate its top line revenue growth through new sales, contracts, expansions, and existing clients contract renewals, and increasing engagement through its reseller program. Additionally, the company is progressing well and is delivering on multi-million dollar backlog of new orders as supply chain issues have subsided. Okay, let's read that again. That's actually a big thing to talk about, that the supply chain issues have subsided. That makes me wonder. Nightscope is claiming that the supply chain issues are ending, but that does that mean other companies are going to see that as well? We'll find out real soon, okay? Continuing on, it says, after acquiring Case on October 14th of 2022, Nightscope has turned into a streamlining its operations and right-sizing its combined workforce with a reduction of approximately 20%. So it sounds like they're about ready to lay off some people. Could be wrong on that end. It says, planned actions during the first quarter of 2023 include corporate headcount reductions and restructuring of its service operations through new service partnerships that are designed to improve the ongoing support of its clients. For more information, please see the current report of Form 8K, the company file, but the SEC, addition to company experts to achieve improved margins through significant faster assembly times, improved service operations, restructuring its facilities footprint, and new approaches to reduce its telecommunications cost. Like I said, Nightscope, they're claiming that they're going to be profitable soon, within the next 24 months. Okay, In my, in my honest opinion, I could see it by the end of this year. And the only reason I say that is because here's the thing, okay? Nightscope still hasn't announced that they've been approved by the federal government. It's actually the biggest thing I'm currently waiting for. And there's some YouTubers out there who recently tweeted at the CEO of Nightscope and asked when they would get approved for FedRAMP. And he responded and he said it's in their it's in their hands now for the federal government to approve. But that time is coming. And when that comes, they, they actually showed a list of potential clients that Nightscope could be signing with at the federal government level. But it's coming. It, it is coming. This isn't financial advice, obviously, like I say at the end of the day each time. But Nightscope is going to announce soon that federal government contract soon that they can sell to the federal government. And that'll be a big, big day. And like I said, I firmly believe Nightscope's going to be profitable really, really soon. And the only reason I say that is because they, they, keep, they keep getting new contracts. If the backlog isn't as bad as they believe, well, not really as believe, I guess the what was it again? The supply chain issues. That's what I mean. If the supply chain issues aren't as bad and they're the only company that's currently saying that right now, that means in my opinion, it means the parts will be coming in faster, which means Nightscope will be able to get through that backlog hopefully faster. Now, granted, it does take time to do to make some of their products, but I do believe they're going to be growing 
And I'm excited to see what's going to happen in Nightscope soon. But profitability, I think, is going to come a lot faster than people realize. And when it does, Wall Street's not going to be able to ignore this company anymore. So it should be interesting to see what happens. But we'll continue to keep an eye on Nightscope. And once that news comes out that they have FedRAMP approval by the U.S. federal government, that's when things become extremely interesting with Nightscope going forward. But like I said, we'll continue to keep an eye so we can be able to find out what the heck is going on with Nightscope. So continuing on, it says Tesla breaks into America's best-selling cars list for 2022, but trucks still dominate. Pickup trucks again led Americans' top-selling vehicles last year, but Tesla broke into the top 10 for the first time as a COVID air shakeup, among other popular models, continues. Data and analytics firm Motor Intelligence reported that electric Tesla Model Y crossovers from the sixth best-selling vehicle in the country in 2022, beating out the GMC Sierra pickup. Honda CRV crossover, and other longstanding top sellers. Tesla does not report regional or individual vehicle sales, so the data is estimated. Overall, Tesla reported delivering about 1.25 million Model Y and Model 3 vehicles globally in 2022. The Model 3 ranked 13th in sales at 211,641 units, according to Motor Intelligence. Quote, it's no surprise that Tesla ranks that high. And Michelle Kerbs, executive analysis for Cox Automotive, the brand, despite all the news and stuff, still dominates the EV market and it dominates the luxury market. A lot of a lot of that strength comes from the Model Y. Despite posting its lowest sales since 20 since 2012, the Ford F series was the country's top-selling vehicle for the 41st year and America's best-selling truck for the 46th consecutive year. The Chevrolet Chevrolet Silverado regained its long-standing second-place spot after being outsold by Ram Pickup in 2021. Parts of supply chain problems since the onset of the COVID pandemic have caused sporadic plant shutdowns at a different <coughs> at different times for the automakers, leading to a shakeup in vehicle sales rankings from the past couple of months. Quote, we have been seen quote, we have seen so much inflection in sales and inventory, Curb said in 2022. The year started off with a very high demand, but when we saw things shift by the end of the year, demand seemed to be softening a bit while inventory, not across the board, was rising. Automotive executives or analysis are cautiously optimistic about the US industry and will normalize more this year regardless of the recession fears. Oh, that's good to hear. Continuing on, it says rising interest rates and other economic concerns. Last year, the industry was estimated to have sold between 13.7 million and 13.9 million vehicles, according to the industry analysis. A typical year prior to the pandemic saw more than 17 million in sales. And then it goes into details of the best pickup trucks, which we won't get into because we just wanted to announce about Tesla. Okay. Tesla continues to grow, which is good to see, which I mean, Tesla stock has been hammered heavily this year. And like I said, this isn't financial advice. But Wall Street has been overreacting. If Tesla is this high of a, of a company right now, at least if it's the best-selling cars currently right now, which is fine. Wall Street wants to overreact. They can overreact. 2022 was just a bad year for investing in general. After years of consistent growth on Wall Street, and then you have that year, it's a fun year to look at, okay? But there will be some issues for Tesla going forward, even though they are considered to be the best-selling vehicle currently right now. There are some news that we do have to be able to talk about, okay? It says here, Elon Musk attorney aimed to move trial from California to Texas, citing local negativity, okay? From CNBC, attorneys for Tesla and Elon Musk are asking a federal judge in San Francisco to move or delay a forthcoming trial from Northern California to Western Texas, saying they won't be able to find unbiased jurors and citing local negativity towards Musk. Musk and other current former Tesla board members are set to face jury and a shareholder class action that claims the CEO manipulated Tesla stock in 2018 when he tweeted that the that he was considering taking the electric vehicle company private at $420 per share and had the funding secured to do so. 
Tesla stock trading initially halted when shares were highly volatile for weeks after the tweets. That year, Musk resided in California, and Tesla was headquartered in Palo Alto, California. The Tesla and SpaceX CEO moved his residence to Texas in 2020, and his electric vehicle company relocated its headquarters in Austin in 2021. In 2022, Northern California Senior District Judge Edward M. Chen, who is overseeing the trial, ruled that Musk's statements in 2018 were false, and that he tweeted them knowingly. The forthcoming trial and jury will decide whether Musk's now infamous tweet mattered to shareholders, if and how they impact Tesla's share price, and whether the company or its directors should be held liable and pay damages. In a motion to transfer revenue, attorneys representing Tesla and Musk argue that the CEO had garnered extensive extensive and negative publicity in California after taking over San Francisco-based social media company Twitter in October of 2022. Musk appointed himself CEO as Twitter and has cut thousands of employees in a series of chaotic firings and layoffs since the deal closed. In a recent public appearance in San Francisco, Musk was booed after comedian Dave Chappelle invited him on stage. Quinn Emanuel and Sullivan partner Alex Sprio, who also represents Musk in several court matters, argued in the latest filing. Sprio added that the filing has a negative towards Mr. Musk was not isolated to the press. He said that there are regular protests and pickering activities in front of Musk offices in San Francisco, adding that <coughs> some of the endorsed and encouraged by local political figures. Musk and his attorneys have previously argued that his statements about possibly taking a deal for Tesla in 2018 did not violate the law. You know, I remember that tweet to be exact because <coughs> I remember thinking, why the heck would Elon Musk tweet something like that? And my only conclusion became was it was just Elon Musk doing Elon, Elon Musk things. I mean, he did almost the exact same thing with Twitter where he said, should I buy Twitter? And then, of course, Twitter kind of went crazy. If I'm not mistaken, too, Elon Musk has to probably approve tweets by his lawyers before he tweets on Twitter. And I because I remember in 2018 hearing a news report saying that Elon Musk had to get probably get tweets approved before he even tweeted about it. I don't know how far this lawsuit's going to go, and honestly, and I don't know if Elon Musk is going to get his way at the end of the day. I do know that people want to bury Elon Musk heavily since he bought out Twitter. Okay, and Elon Musk is right; people would have an extreme bias because a lot of people don't like the fact that Elon Musk owns Twitter now. Okay, you know, we're going to pay attention as much as we can about this, but Tesla stock will be affected in some way, shape, or form by this. Okay, and all honestly, okay, think about it this way: if Elon Musk is going to court right now, you can see news reporters saying like, "Oh, look at Elon now; he's not paying attention to his company." And now Tesla shareholders are being affected by this because he can't be CEO of multiple companies. They're trying everything they can to get Elon Musk, it seems like, to get away from Twitter. But, I mean, they didn't really care when he was running SpaceX and Tesla at the same time. It's only recently when he took over Twitter that they're like, oh, Elon Musk can't do all this work. Well, Elon Musk can because Elon Musk, that's all he does is work. He doesn't really take a lot of time off. He's always working. In fact, there's a joke from some comedian that said that Elon Musk is so white that, I mean, he looks like all he does is work. Maybe it wasn't some comedian. It was, in, it was another podcast I was listening to where they were talking about Elon Musk and how much he works. At the end of the day, Tesla's shares will be affected in some way, shape, or form. And you can almost, I can almost bet that politicians or someone's going to be like, see, Elon Musk can't focus on Tesla. In reality, he's in the middle of a lawsuit too. So we're going to keep paying attention to Elon Musk as much as we can because there is crazy news that's happening from Elon. But, you know, it's just part of the news cycle. So 
Continuing on, it says Goldman Sachs is cutting up to 3,200 employees this week as Wall Street grids for a tough year. Okay. From CNBC, Goldman Sachs is laying off fewer employees than feared, but the cut is still a deep one. The Global Investment Bank is letting go as many as 3,200 employees starting Wednesday, according to a person with knowledge of the firm's plans. That amounts to 6.5% of the 49,100 employees Goldman has in October, which is below the 8% reported last month as upper end of possible cuts. The final figure reported earlier by Bloomberg is a result of international discussions between business heads and top management over the last month, said the person who declined to be identified speaking about personal decisions. Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon kicked off Wall Street layoff season in September and then opted to enact the industry's deepest cuts so far. Bank employee levels swelled over the last two years in response to a boom in deals and trading activities, but the good times didn't last. IPO in Insuances plunged 94% because of the sudden inhospitality markets, according to SIFMA data. Now that the concerns of the economy will slow down further this year, Goldman is pulling on the headcount in case stock and bond insuance issuance and mergers don't rebound. Solomon is also scaling back its ambitions in consumer banking, resulting in part of the layoffs. Other investment banks are adopting a wait-and-see attitude in the coming weeks, and that might actually backfire on them. That's just my opinion. I'll get into that in a second. If revenues are tracking below estimates in February and March, the industry could cut more workers, said a person familiar with leading Wall Street firms' processes. Goldman's moves follow smaller cuts from Morgan Stanley, Citigroup, and Barclays in recent months beleaguered Credit Suzy, which has in the midst of restrict which is in the midst of restructuring, has said it would cut 2,700 employees in the last three months of 2022 and aims to remove a total of 9,000 positions <clears throat> by 2025. Meanwhile, Goldman Sachs is moving forward with plans to hire junior bankers and other areas as needed, the source said. Okay. This is all I'm gonna have to say. Okay. If 2023 is considered to be the recession year, then there's going to be a lot more layoffs coming. Okay. We actually, like I've said in this past podcast, we have mentioned a lot that there have been a lot of layoffs happening, at least in 2022. We had layoffs in the tech sector. We know Tesla had some layoffs. We know Twitter had some layoffs. <coughs> we know some uh, it, housing industries had layoffs. We know that Facebook or Meta in this case had layoffs. I think Google had some too, but I can't remember exactly. I will say, listen to some of those past podcasts in 2022 to see how the layoffs were going back then. Because it'll give us an idea if more layoffs are happening currently right now. But I will say this, okay, like I, I just said, investment banks are adopting the wait and see model, okay? That could be a good strategy, but at the same time, that could be a bad one. And the only reason I say that is if the economy is supposed to be as bad as everyone keeps saying it's going to be, then there's going to be a lot of bankers let go. Remember, there weren't a lot of IPOs last year, okay? There really wasn't, okay? IPOs were going crazy before 2022 because there was a lot of blank checks IPOs in the making, which in my opinion, I've always said is a potential scam, but that's a topic for another day. But the companies that did go public last year, a lot of them weren't considered profitable. And now we're seeing the end results from it right now. Wall Street is not buying into IPOs right now. It's not the thing. Okay. There's not a lot of money flowing around. I mean, there's not cheap money in particular, okay? Remember, interest rates have been low for so long that it was easy to borrow money. And now with interest rates rising, it's not cheap to borrow as much money anymore, at least if I understand it correctly. But at the end of the day, it will all depend on the IPO markets. If more IPOs start coming this year in 2023, which in my opinion, I think we will see some more IPOs in the making. And the only reason I say that is, 
I think there's a lot of companies that might see that, hey, the bloodshed on Wall Street might be over. And it could also be a good time to go public based on the fact that there's too much fear in Wall Street. Who knows? It's hard to tell at the end of the day. But we'll find out soon. But if IPOs start happening, you can see Goldman Sachs having to hire more people because more IPOs are coming. And not only that, but a lot of these other banks will have to as well. Now, Credit Susie, I do remember we have talked about Credit Susie on this podcast and they were having to lay off people. And one of their reasons being was because of the IPO market as well. Okay. In time, if the IPO market rebounds, then you can expect the stock market to potentially rebound. If the IPO market doesn't rebound, then you can see more layoffs happening in the banking industry. And you could see more layoffs happening at Goldman Sachs too. And like I always say, this isn't financial advice, but IPOs will determine this year in 2023 in the market. And we'll continue to keep an eye on these things, but we hopefully we will see some IPOs and all honestly. And the only reason why I hope we see more IPOs because it means that there'll be more jobs created. It means there'll be new products and services being out there. Wall Street is able to get out of their fear mode right now. But it's not happening right now. Wall Street's too afraid. There's no hardly any IPOs. I don't even know of any IPOs currently right now that are companies that are thinking about going public this year. But if a company were to go public, it would be a huge, huge blessing for Wall Street in the making. So I'll leave it there. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Every like and subscription helps grow this podcast. And we'd be able to keep talking about the news that's happening on Wall Street or that Wall Street isn't or can't talk about at all times. Please also continue sharing with friends or family as this continues to help grow our podcast. We thank our current listeners who continue to share with their friends and family as it has helped grow this podcast to become bigger as it is. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.